Welcome to the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast brought to you by Break of Day Capital. The show focuses on educating syndicators and apartment owners on how to build systems and manage their properties more efficiently to become a best-in-class operator. 100% straight talk. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Asset Management Mastery, where we have a great community of like-minded individuals sharing resources and best practices. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz, and we'll start the conversation. Today on the podcast, we have Tyler Chester. Welcome, Tyler. Can you tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself? Yeah. Appreciate it, Gary. Thanks for having me on the show. A little bit about myself. I host a podcast called Elevate, which is all about mindset, mind expansion, personal development for high-performing real estate investors. I'm very passionate about those subjects. And I also invest in multifamily communities across the Midwest and Southeast. And my wife and I are expecting twins in February. So there you go. Wow. Congrats. That's awesome. Thanks, man. All right. So today we're going to be talking about big picture investment strategy. And when you're buying properties, are you looking at the kind of the same kind of strategy for each property? Or depending upon what value you can see out there, you're kind of changing that strategy. Yeah. I mean, our philosophy is that every single deal is unique. Every deal is specific to the inherent qualities that it has, whether it's we're talking about the submarket, whether we're talking about the particular asset in the demographic that it serves or could be positioned to serve. So I think we look at every deal uniquely in a kind of silo. I mean, obviously we have our investment thesis and strategy from a high level, but we try to be nimble and focus in terms of, all right, well, what, what makes most sense on this asset? Does that fit sort of our frame of the world or our thesis and be flexible and nimble in terms of each and every single deal that we look at? Nice. Nice. And, and out of curiosity, what markets are you focusing on? We focus on Kentucky, Indiana, Tennessee, and Ohio, and we'll continue to expand further kind of in that geographic reach. But we focus on kind of some of the major MSAs within those states. Nice. Nice. And so once you have that investment strategy, how does that play out as far as working with the property managers and CapEx and accountability and and that whole cycle? So, I mean, I think it's important for us, depending on the markets that we're investing in, we have our ideal property management partners for those markets. Like in Kentucky and Indiana and Ohio, we have a specific group that we work with, a third-party property management company that is highly active in those markets and that we work with actively in those markets. So anytime we get really serious about a deal, we bring in our property management company to help us kind of check and verify sort of our our thesis and our our business plan on that asset so that we know that, hey, we're all on the same page here, that we can be successful with this. So I think that's important to start on that wavelength. And in Tennessee, we have another partner that's very specific to that state and we do the exact same thing. And so from there, it starts with, hey, we're all on the same page. We feel that we can be successful. We've checked our due diligence. We've we've double checked sort of our math and 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 what we're what we're seeing in terms of rent comparables what we're seeing in terms of expense ratios and all that kind of stuff. And so that's important for us to all kind of start on the same 
team and all on the same page. And then from there, it's about execution. I mean, one of the things that is really important for us is just continual communication. We're on weekly asset management calls with our property management company, and we're very hands-on. We try to get to each and every single one of our properties once a month at least. And there's just a big difference in terms of having a conference call about a deal and actually seeing what's happening on the ground, reviewing a weekly report, cash flow and occupancy and vacancy and leasing status. That's all good. But being on site obviously tells a different story. So we try to be very hands-on and accountability from the fact of, hey, here's the different initiatives that we've set forth for this quarter, whether it's capital improvements, whether it's occupancy or what have you. And so that's a great way for us to hold each other accountable to say, hey, here's our goals. Now let's all work together. It's not us versus you. It's it's us sitting on the same side of the table. So that's how we try to approach asset management. Yeah. It's great when you when you do have that property management team that you can go to. You've had a couple of at-bats with them per se, and, and it's like, boom, you just get that rhythm going and you can just Hey, this is what we're seeing. And are you seeing the same thing? And that, and that speed so you can execute is, is fantastic. Yeah, it's just we're, we're a team. And ultimately, we've got to communicate with each other and support each other to say, hey, we believe that this is where our future lies. Now, let's communicate with each other. For some reason, we're getting a different level of feedback in the marketplace. That's one of the biggest things. I mean, we were just with our regional manager on actually yesterday. We were talking about budgets for 2022. And we have obviously some some initiatives that we're we're putting forth in terms of value add projects, and we believe that the market will hold X, Y, and Z in terms of rental rates. But if for some reason we're getting a different feedback, it's let's communicate, let's not overextend ourselves to where we push and an occupancy and vacancy gets to a level where it doesn't make sense. So for us, it's like continual course correction. It's like, all right, we're going to be on the same page. We're going to do our homework. But if for some reason, the reality of the market plays out in a different way, let's stay on the same side of the team, on the same side of the table so that we can solve this together. And you mentioned accountability. And I, I that's a big question I get asked a lot. Like, how do you hold your team accountable? So I'm curious how you guys do that. So we actually follow within our company, we follow Traction. If you're familiar, Gino Wickman wrote a book called Traction a few years ago. And it's been very, very helpful for us, not only running our company, CF Capital, but also running each and every property. And we actually, the way that we do this is we have a specific way in terms of communicating with our team and a structure for what we would call a level 10 or what Gino Wickman would call a level 10 meeting. And from there, it's about communicating and having a structure of our discussion so that there's no ambiguity. It's not like, hey, we're just here to chop it up and to, to catch up while that's nice. But we have a specific agenda that we follow. And within that agenda, one of the things that is critical for us are our 90-day rocks or goals. Like, what are the big initiatives that we are looking to hit here? And within accountability, some of those rocks are assigned to certain individuals, right? And so we all know that we have basically the responsibility to push certain initiatives forward. A lot of times our regional manager is is responsible ultimately for what happens in terms of executing on capital expenditures or capital improvements. And so it just depends. But from that, it's a buy-in from the team. But this is all really designed collectively. Like we all design these goals and these initiatives collectively. And there's agreement, there's buy-in before that 90-day quarter starts. And so that's just one way for us to build an accountability, but it's just continual traction. I mean, communication between, hey, here are the small little to-dos that need to happen this week based on our discussion. Like, There's always issues that we have to identify, discuss, and solve. And when we discuss and solve those issues as a team, ultimately, it comes down to, all right, well, 
based on this, our action items are. And so, okay, Tyler, your your next steps this week are, and now I've got it to do. And now next week at our level 10 meeting, one of the items is, hey, here's the to-dos from last week. Did we get them done or did we not? And if you didn't get it done, let's carry it forward to the next week. But if it carries forward more than two weeks, then we've got an issue that we need to go back and discuss and solve. And so that's a great way for us to build in accountability. I mean, we all have a lot on our plate. And so building in a system like this helps us tremendously. So that, that's kind of what we do. Yeah, that's a great framework. And for any of our listeners out there, you just follow that and just getting everyone on board from the very beginning and then following up. It's just, it doesn't have to be rocket science, but it's that constant, where do we stand? Right? You know, what do we need to do? And, and moving forward is that's spot on. That's great. Yeah. What are some of your biggest lessons learned in, in asset management or, or tips for some of the newbies out there? I think this building a system is important because sometimes like if you have, let's just say you have a weekly call with your property manager, if you're just showing up and it's just like, Hey, let's just discuss. I mean, there's so many things that we can be reactive in, in this business, especially multifamily real estate. There's always issues, right? Solving problems and problems truly are kind of the name of the game. So I think being proactive and getting on offense rather than on defense is a huge thing that I wish I would have known early on because I found myself just being in that defense constantly and, and reactive more than proactive. And I think with that said, it's harder to institute a business plan or execute on a value add proposition or repositioning an asset being on defense. Because if we're not careful, we're just going to be on constant defense. And I think there's some people that really thrive on that. And I think some of the best property managers do thrive on kind of being on defense and solving problems and putting out fires. And while that's all important, what we need to do as asset managers is be strategic. And we can only be strategic as if we're on offense. So for me, the big philosophy of, all right, there are things that need to happen on a consistent basis. There's things that we will not be able to anticipate necessarily. We should always expect the unexpected for sure in this business, but get on offense. And I think ways to get on offense are to build in a structure, to build in initiatives and to stay strategic rather than being defensive. Obviously, you got to have people on your team that can be defensive because that's always going to be a name of the game. But that's one of my biggest suggestions. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so for being proactive because you don't know when COVID's going to hit or Texas freeze or whatnot. I mean, there's right. like you said, these these curveballs that come in. It's solving problems constantly. You never know what's going to happen. So be ahead of the game so you can not only survive but thrive during those times. Yeah, that's exactly right, man. And like you said, I mean, you just never know when COVID's going to hit, when a Texas freeze is going to hit. You never know when you're going to have a massive closing of a, of a big employer. You never know when you're going to have a 2008 crash. I mean, so just stay on top of things. And I think if you are on offense, you'll be prepared to withstand those blows. Yeah, absolutely. And what kind of tracking tools do you use for these like meetings and calls that you have? I'm always curious to hear what other operators are using. Yeah, we, we're a big fan of Google Suite in our business. And so we use Google Sheets for all of our asset management calls. And we actually also have a scorecard that's a Google Sheet, I believe. So that's a Google form. I don't remember exactly which one. They, so it's basically Excel and Word in, in a Google form. And so for us, when we have these calls, we can take notes and every member of the team sees that in real time. And then everybody has that on their shared network as well. So that what we discussed on October 7th, 2021, 
is easily accessible. So for us, that's a it's a great tool. I mean, obviously internally we have many other ways of of tracking from just our internal asset management team. We actually use a project management software called Basecamp. And that's a great way for us to kind of put properties in silos and have different initiatives that have due dates that are assigned to certain people. But we tie in our Google Suite through that system as well. So we really like Basecamp and Google Suite. Yeah, we use Google Suite as well for all of our weekly calls and it's just tracks it nicely. Everyone can see it. And that really helps hold people accountable because we all can see if you <laughs> if you miss your your due date or whatnot, you know? Yeah, exactly. And if for some reason it's like, okay, we got a problem here. We got missed due dates continuously. Then it's not, hey, you're in trouble, but it's, are you a right fit for this team? And I think it starts to become apparent when it's constant. The culture is accountability. The culture is, hey, the team is counting on me to take action in whatever direction that is. Yeah, we, we speak the same language. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. What is your asset management superpower? I would say my asset management superpower is leadership. I mean, honestly, it's not just about, if you think about it, there's a big difference in management and leadership. And we're always dealing with problems and challenges and headwinds, right? We, we call them headwinds, but they're really problems and challenges. And for me, I always like to invite, hey, well, what's the real challenge here for you? And when I'm leading another team member, whether it's a regional manager, whether it's a property manager, leasing associate, maintenance supervisor, whatever it is, it's, hey, let's focus on the real challenge here. And for me, it's about leadership. It's about saying, hey, it's not me versus you. It's not, hey, if you don't do this, you're in trouble. It's we're on the same team here. We're trying to go there. Is that a direction that you want to go as well? So for me, it's about leadership. It's about cultivating a greater future for two different people or a collective group of people. And to say, you know what, we're on the same team here. So let's lead towards a greater future. So for me, it's about leadership. It's about listening. It's about asking more questions. It's about taking a step back and saying, maybe we're climbing the wrong ladder, right? Maybe we need to climb a different ladder. And so taking a little bit of a step back for me is important, but ultimately leadership, it's something that I'm super passionate about. I like to study some of the greatest leaders across the world and how they communicate. And what I've learned is they listen more than they talk and they ask more questions than they give advice. And so for me, leadership is my superpower. Yeah, I, I could see that after reading your bio and just our, our brief conversation here, everything is aligned with that. That just leads to great success. So, well, anyway, that's our show. It's a quick talk on asset management. I really appreciate you, Tyler, coming on the show and telling us about your style and, and how you hold your teams accountable. Tell the listeners a little bit more where they can find out about you. Yeah. If they want to learn more about our company, it's CF Capital. That is cfcapllc.com. We do have a free ebook there for folks who want to learn more about adding value, repositioning apartment complexes. It's called The Bottom Line, The 10 Ways to Increase Cash Flow in Apartment Complex. So all you have to do to get that is just go to cfcapllc.com. Or you can also listen to my podcast. It's called Elevate again. And you can learn more about that if you just search Elevate Podcast with Tyler Chesser on anywhere you listen or watch podcasts or elevatepod.com. So Gary, thank you so much for letting me be on the show. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of that podcast. So I'm looking forward to being on it in the near future. Absolutely, man. Yeah. So to all of our listeners, thanks for listening in. And if you like this episode, please head over to iTunes and Stitcher and like, subscribe and review this podcast as it will help grow our audience. And if you want to learn more about what we do at Break of Day Capital, head over to our website, sign up for our newsletter, and we'll talk to you next week. Have a great one. Thanks. Hey, everyone. If you like what you hear on my podcast and want to learn more, check out my Amazon best-selling book, Best in Class, How to Manage Your Multifamily Asset, Avoid Mistakes, and Build Wealth Through Real Estate. 
And if you want to take your learning to a whole nother level, register for my asset management course available on assetmanagementmastery.com. I'll share all the things that we do and many of our resources to help you become a best-in-class operator. Go to assetmanagementmastery.com and step up your game today.